Hey everyone, and welcome to CookPod, three days of peace, love, and podcast. I'm Peter Barrett. This week I talked to Ashton Zubal from Farmstock Farm in Kingston. I first learned about them back towards the end of last year and went and checked them out back in the winter. They're uh, in an improbable little piece of Kingston, right behind pretty much the ugliest part of strip mall hell on 9W, and yet tucked away back behind a pretty ugly industrial and commercial corridor. There's a big patch of open land, and they're using three acres of it to grow a variety of organic veggies for a CSA, they have a membership program. They're wholesaling. They're wholesaling to restaurants in Kingston, and you can swing by, more or less anytime. If you order the day before, they'll have it for you fresh picked the following day, and you can come pick it up at your convenience. They have ambitious plans and some pretty cool ideas about where they want to take what they're doing, and scale it up to provide a significant chunk of Kingston with fresh organic produce year-round. So if you're in the area, or you're interested in farming, or you're interested in young idealistic farmers uh, staking a claim in our part of the world, or any part of the world, uh, give this one a listen. There was a piece in the New York Times recently, uh, last week, extolling the culinary virtues of Kingston, uh, using about five different restaurants as examples. And that's great. I am much more excited about the fact that there's farming happening in Kingston and that more super local, properly grown produce is coming online for everyone to take advantage of. You can hear all about the way they've gotten up and running and where they want to take it. We spoke at my dining room table a few days ago. You may notice we're on summer hours now, or the episodes are coming out a little later than they used to. Uh, What can I say? It's summer. You can check them out at farmstockfarm.com, and they're also farmstockfarm on Instagram. Uh, Pay them a visit. They're super nice, generous, friendly, and uh, they're doing good work and deserve your support. Nice setup. Yeah, you know, it works. It's um Yeah, I do voice acting. So oh do you? Is, yeah, this is uh I don't think I've ever seen this one. Is the microphone the same as uh, No, they're totally, oh, different. totally different. What yeah. kind of mic is this? Uh blue um blue Yeti. I guess Yeti's the company. Yeti? Blue's okay. the company. Blue or Yeti? Cool, man. So you yeah. do um like commercials or cartoons or whatever? No, I can do cartoons, yeah. Can but, you? Yeah, in uh, in New York it's mainly commercials and, uh-huh. and you, you did you like study drama coming up is that sorry? not drama I did acting yeah uh-huh. and uh junior high and things like that and then um always kind of just mimicked um everything I heard and I'm just obsessed with cartoons growing up and so I kind of yeah. had a knack for impersonating and noise making right that's cool so then you turn it into a career yeah um, that's really cover fun. up you have multi uh multiple uh, personality disorder. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, it's fun. I mean, I like, I, That's great. like one of the high points of my parenting career, um, when he was younger, cause uh, my dad was from England. Okay. And, um, I got some of his, you know, like you were talking about that mimics ear, you know, from him cause he was really good at languages. And, um, so one of the high points for me was reading him all the Tolkien books and all the Harry Potter books, but like doing mm-hmm. all the voices. Oh yeah, and it's just my look favorite. at you know he that was so much fun, yeah, you know, and it's um, it just makes it so much more interesting. I do it with my kid right now. Yeah, yeah. how old are you? He's two and a half. Two and a half. So he's huh? into the voices. Yeah. you know, like yeah. even Doctor Seuss. And you, totally. You know, and you just kind of transfer into whatever the picture you think sounds like yeah, it, <laughs> you know it comes to yeah, life in a way it, that it does yeah just, just reading you know because oftentimes there's a bunch of characters involved and you can't tell them apart so yeah that's yeah and it's really fun so the the there are four of you two couples yeah two couples yeah okay and yeah. you both have kids i can't remember yeah yeah nick and sarah uh yeah. are the other couple and they have two boys yeah. one's uh, almost four now which uh-huh. is 
crazy to think about. And then um, uh, little Otis just turned one. Okay. And then um, Michelle and I are the other farm couple. Yeah. And uh, we uh, yeah we have Hendrix, and then we have a little girl on the way, which pretty much any day now. Wow! So, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks for taking the time to absolutely show no. up here. No, please. Thank you for asking. Um. And uh, so I'm interested how, because you all came up from the city, right? And yeah. And you all obviously yeah. had other careers. Ten like years Sarah was a city. designer, right? Or something? Yeah, Sarah and Nick were fashion designers. Fashion designers and then um, my wife, uh, Michelle, it was, it was in the other side of uh, fashion business. She was in the more business side and sales and yeah. uh, buying. And, uh, and then me, I was just kind of the rogue one that was just a actor right, right. <laughs> voice actor and yeah. things like did that. you do stage and others I mean were you sort of taking whatever you could get or were you always focused sort of on voice as being mainly like... focused on voice but yeah I did a sh- I did a few short films and things like that nice one that did pretty well at yeah. the at the like little, little indie festivals that they submitted it to and but... so because we moved up here now it's like 13 years ago now oh wow and when uh, Milo, who you briefly saw on your way in, um, was not even two. So our our choice to come up here was was a combination of factors, but one of them was we didn't want to try to deal with being parents anymore in the city. It's just too loud. You can't park in front of the pediatrician's office. Like strollers and subways <laughs> are like you know, it's just nutty. Absolutely. So especially if you're solo. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we often were like one of yeah. us was running errands with the kid, the Absolutely. other one was working. I mean, you know, it's this is how life kind of treats you, and it was just really hard. And I also wanted a garden, and um, so for uh, and we had some friends up here, so it was kind of a logical choice. So what was like? How did you guys? Because those are all. I mean, it sounds like you were all fairly accomplished in your various businesses. So what, yeah, what kind of precipitated the? And I see you all knew each other in the city. Absolutely, like, yeah, 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 yeah. We we all knew each other. Uh, me, Nick, and Michelle actually go pretty far back. Um, we we all lived in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, I met uh, Nick and Michelle in L.A. and we just kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that where you're all from? Yeah, uh, no, I'm from actually Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm-hmm. Nick's from uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Sarah's from Ohio. Um, and Michelle is from Long Island originally. Oh, so all so over. All over the place, yeah. And somehow found each other. And, mm-hmm. uh, so basically, to answer your question, trying to make it really short was, um, you know, I just was like, I, I personally was never being fulfilled in what I was doing. Uh, I grew up as a, as a competitive athlete, so like there was a physical aspect that just wasn't being met. Yeah, what was your sport? Soccer. Oh, I mean, nice. Yeah, I was a goalkeeper. And... Uh, played pretty high level and mm-hmm. you know then life gets in the way and you have mm-hmm. to start making smart decisions <laughs> well it's also it's a tough industry to go pro in this country yeah in this country yeah if you're not a giant you know kind of thing but uh so basically um i was just kind of looking for it i always had kind of a green thumb growing mm-hmm. up i did landscaping hardscaping things like that in the summertime and uh there's something to this kind of urban farming which was kind of really neat you know urban gardening um I got connected with, uh, and so basically I started doing research and then, you know, then the whole climate change problem, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, this was back 2010. I started asking these questions and, um, then I kind of got led to Dr. Dixon Despamier's, uh, book. He's, uh, um, I believe he's the, an ecology professor mm-hmm. at Columbia yeah. and he came out with the vertical farm and I read it. It's simple read and everything. And there was just dots that were there that just connected and mm-hmm. fused immediately. And I mean fused cause yeah. I didn't, I haven't let it go. Yeah. And so, um, and then I just kind of did my research and then, um, came up with, uh, kind of the grand scheme to come up with a vertical farm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, describe that. What's the, what's the elevator pitch for a vertical farm? How so does, how does the, that break down? The, yeah, the elevator pitch for our vertical farm is, um, growing, uh, in, um, 18 foot A-frame towers and climate controlled greenhouses powered by solar and geothermal mm-hmm. and whatever new energies are going to, sustainable yeah. energies that are coming out, uh, and we'd be able to grow year-round. The greenhouse is net zero. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, in a 15,000-square-foot space, we'd be able to uh, produce uh, 1.5 million pounds of greens a year, uh-huh. just pumping it out. Mm-hmm. You know? And so what we saw is a, a pretty 
uh, direct line to the gro the immediate grocery stores. And so if we can get them on board to purchasing what products we can grow that amount of, mm -hmm. they can stop purchasing those from uh, Peru, California, sure. things like that. And Absolutely. So, that, so not only are we growing sustainably, you know, we're still using compost um, for the terroir of the vegetables. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, it's power, the towers are powered by water and gravity. Yeah. And uh, it's... It's well, a, and, and it's also a pretty the, big I mean, answer for what's going on right now. It, it is, and the thing that appeals to me about it is that um, you're talking about sufficient volume that you can sell to supermarkets, mm -hmm. and you don't even necessarily have to work through one of the kind of aggravators, uh, aggravators, aggregators like um, Hudson Valley Harvest or the other people who gather lots of small farm product mm -hmm. and then sell that in bulk at, at wholesale prices. I mean, if you're talking that kind of quantity, they can just come. The idea is that the Hannaford, which is pretty much around the corner from you. Yes. Could come and get the produce from you. Absolutely. We could even just wheel it right over to them. Yeah. You know? And uh, that would, that's funny that you say that. Uh, quick side tangent. That is kind of the vision that I have, mm -hmm. is, or we have, I should say, is for Tech City. Is yeah. to revitalize. That's the way to revitalize Tech I, City. I, every time I drive by there, which is pretty frequently, I think, man, this could be the most badass, like, fish farm like there's with, with the, so much you, you do that and I'm not a huge fan of hydroponics but if you're farming fish you kind of should anyway yeah, just because absolutely. you can yep. so many square feet for solar panels on top there's just like yeah. and all I mean there's what is it, hundreds of thousands of square feet that's just sitting empty yeah, right and now. This, yeah so that makes the scalability pretty cheap and yeah. and, and um they're inexpensive. <laughs> well, yeah, inexpensive, yeah, but you're in also that, you know, short, you know, you're speaking. right on the highway, so you can get yeah. down to the city, like, quickly. Easily. Distribution would be easy. Completely. Yeah. yeah. And you can, you know, and all the shops and things that could open from that just pure volume mm -hmm. is pretty uh, immense. Mm -hmm. And so, basically, that's a nice segue into, I just started pitching this to my friends, like, what do you guys think? Mm -hmm. Like, here's this technology, and here's this other technology. No one's combined them yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, what if we did? Yeah. And so we decided where we are right now on the farm was where we originally thought. And then uh, one of our buddies who came out of finance was like, no, I think we can like somehow get funding for mm -hmm. this without having the family farm first. Right. And so we went, sweet, dude. If you're saying that, cool, man. Uh, it, was, it was really difficult. And um, we, we came very, very close. Mm -hmm. uh, we... Uh, between the technology in Singapore, which is the vertical towers, mm -hmm. um, and a bank, they were both going to front the technology, and then the bank was going to front the other half of the money. We we're going to have this sweet partnership, and then seeing the company in Singapore uh, was acquired by a conglomerate, mm. which just squashed everything. So it's just a buy and sell. So now we're like, oh, okay, now we just have to straight up ask for millions of dollars, but that's yeah. cool. Well, so you know, so, and so we decided to. Now here he's. Right. Well, yeah. cause, so when I saw you in the winter, you guys, I mean, you were really, it was, you were just getting started. Um, where are you now in terms of infrastructure? Did you get the second greenhouse going? I can't remember. Uh, not going, but we did get fully approved for the second greenhouse. Okay, cool. So we will, we'll, we'll be doing definitely some crowdfunding to uh, get everything uh, purchased and um, built you know, so we are, so this winter we are. Right. So that'll double your output for the, for next winter. Oh, more than, more than double. More than double. Yeah, way more than double. I would say, I would say triple to quadruple. Okay. And you get, how did you find, um, you know, when you were in the city, how did you scope out up here and find this piece of land? How did you, or did you move first and then look? I mean, how did, how did you work that? No, it was, uh, um, Michelle and I would travel, uh, to Wallkill. It was, uh, do a little plug, I guess. <laughs> this is a little cute bed and breakfast up um, um, Bernetta's place. Mm -hmm. It was just beautiful shit. And uh, uh, we would come up here, you know, I would say like two years, and I just kept falling in love. The, the gunks, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. You know, it was just like, yeah, it, it was undeniable. And coming from Utah myself, yeah, I was born in the mountains and just, you know, and so like it just was a call. It just yeah. called me for sure. Yeah. We stumbled upon Kingston. Um, at uh, in Sunnyside at the natural store, Go Natural, the owner was just like, you guys got to check out Kingston. He actually has a house in Woodstock mm -hmm. um, that he visits frequently. And uh, uh, yeah, he was like, you got to check out Kingston. I think it's right up your alley. So we kind of, we looked at this house, um, fell in love with it immediately. And then we went to lunch in the stockade and was just like, oh, no way. 
you know, like we're not missing anything by moving from the city to here. Mm-hmm. We're actually gaining um, an astronomical amount, especially community. Because yeah. Kingston, I mean, <laughs> it should be world renowned for like at least it's like community efforts. Well, it just got it just got written up in the Times, all the restaurants and everything. So it's I think oh it's, yeah, I think it's definitely arrived. Yeah, that's great. You know, which is really exciting. And yeah, starting a farm and the Times writing about food is really exciting yeah, yeah yeah and so so the house is it's near the land but not on it right yeah yeah very near just around the corner and are you all sharing the house or do you got two different you guys no you got they uh, they're actually renting they okay. uh nick and sarah just moved up from uh lake peak skill where they purchased their house they sold their house and now they're renting here okay and uh and yeah which makes life much easier on i'm sure on them but mm-hmm. the farm for sure yeah, yeah, yeah um having them so close and just the four of us being just public and out and about all the time and seeing everybody and yeah, totally. it's really such a small world how did you um so how, how did you find the land and it's because it's three acres on a much larger piece right yeah yeah uh the uh Esopus, uh agriculture center um the eac uh own and now operate it and when we were purchasing our house we had an idea we were going to do a farm it was probably was probably going to work on um uh, the farm next to ours one more year, uh, mm-hmm. uh, alewife at mm-hmm. this time, and realized um, that this, or I had just gotten a job and they just told us, because they told us this 300 acres was just only farmland. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, are you serious? This is crazy. And so I got a job at alewife just to work on a farm mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, kind of got a super crash course, you know, yeah, because I mean, you said you'd done there. some landscaping and you you had the urge to do it, but you hadn't exactly yeah, yeah haven't exactly produced vegetables right there. right um, certainly not in volume of them, yeah right? yeah and so basically based on the research and then uh, sitting down and you know uh, Tyler Dennis is the farmer up at Alewife mm-hmm. which is uh, he if you're around Union Square during farmers market times on the Friday Saturday you definitely should check it out mm-hmm. um, he yeah he's, he he's just an open book. You can ask him anything. And so as we were farming and, you know, and he, he runs a pretty, you know, intense operation, which is great, you know, very relaxed and chill, but your head's down the whole time. Yeah. Just pumping out volume. Yeah. And so it just kind of was, like I said, a crash course. And I was like, ah, oh. you know, it finally, it was again, more dots just connected as opposed to like more questions. It was just like more realizations. And I figured, you know, two people on a, three acre well we're on three acres we're probably only operating on like about 1.5 maybe two at the most right mm-hmm. now and uh but somehow fit 60 plus <laughs> crops in that space yeah so so how did you like in terms of selecting what to grow for mm-hmm. market did you like do any kind of market research did you because oh, definitely yeah. yeah yeah so what did you how did you settle on what you chose to plant most of and and you um, make, just kind of plan out the, yeah, the field. Uh, basically, uh, what we, if you haven't uh, guessed yet, we're really just trying to like be in Kingston and just try to be a steeple of that hyper local, like, yeah. kind of back in the old uh, turn of like 1800s kind of French farming style. Where mm-hmm. Every day you're just coming in and going out with your vegetables. So that's kind of uh, what we're trying to go for. And, um, uh, so we basically just looked at every menu and found the foundational products um, and what they're buying bulk of. Um, and so we just kind of went in that direction and what, and then off the side, like whether the fancy or kind of like interesting stuff or like take tomatoes, you know, um, yeah, we are growing probably the same types of tomatoes, like a cherry variety and stuff, but it's, it's the variety of cherry that we chose. Mm-hmm. That's gonna, you know, hopefully set us apart. And which is what? Which one did you? Uh, we did, uh, we did blue cream. Uh-huh. I don't know if you ever had that no, one. No, I haven't. Yeah, it's uh, it's really fleshy, non-acidic. Uh-huh. Just a, it's uh, got this like kind of tie-dye blue on top, and it's a burst of yellow wow. on the bottom. And then um, we're doing another yellow because they, it, I guess I didn't realize we followed this theme. <laughs> a Napa Chardonnay, uh-huh. which is kind of a bigger cherry but super sweet. Nice. Um, Tommy toes, those are fun. They're bigger. Um, we talked about Blue Beach back in the winter. We're definitely growing. Which are we're the growing, best sauce tomato. We are growing a ton of those. That's good. Yeah, because of 
I should say that. Yeah, that was where, where we were going next. Well, no, yeah. because so. I mean, they really like the skins and seeds are not bitter. You just mill them right into the sauce, and yeah, it's, just, I, it's fucking delicious. Man. We're so excited. We're like, so how many do we actually sell? <laughs> you know, how many do we? We don't say like how many are we going to keep for ourselves. No, no, no. How many are we going to allow to right, leave right. the greenhouse? Well, yeah, you got to feed yourselves, right? Yeah, man. No, yeah. Uh, just by what you were talking about, and Sarah's really into. Uh, the culinary aspect of all the food, mm -hmm. you know, and the breakdown of all of it. So she, I'm excited to what she's going to whip up with these two. So. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but none of you has a, she doesn't have a culinary background. She's just a good cook. And no, awesome. no. I, I mean, her background is like basically her, that's what she's just done ever since, at least I've known her, mm -hmm. uh, when Nick started dating her, she's just, I think she was a raw foodist at one point in mm -hmm. time. And it just kind of, kind of spiraled from there where she just understands the breakdown of everything. It's mm -hmm. some of the things that she just talks about. And I'm like, I'm going to have to look that up. Well, the, the <laughs> I thing don't know is, yet. like you were talking about, right when needs. you, yeah, but when you got here, like the thing is, the kind of inspiration that we were talking about when you walked in yeah. is not available to people who don't grow their own food. You just can't get it in a supermarket because everything's no, been true. trimmed, right? Yeah. It's just the good part, as yeah. it were, of yeah. whatever the thing is. Of whatever it is. So you don't get the, <laughs> the stems and the flowers and the seeds and the skins, whatever the, you know. Yeah. That's all been taken away. Yep. So you're just left with, you know, the, the, the valuable part, so to speak. But, um, and obviously, you know, you end up composting a lot no matter what, how much you try to use. Yeah. But, um, for me, it's super exciting to figure out ways to use the trimmings and the off bits and the stalks of the bolted stuff. Just because it's not only can you unlock some really cool flavors and ideas, mm -hmm. but um, the just that feeling of creativity and innovation and excitement to coming up with new combinations. Yeah, and if it like, works out, you're like, oh, damn. Well, and also, <laughs> you know? like, apart from the labor, right, which sometimes there's a little bit of labor of prep, but sure. it's kind of like free food because it was literally going to get thrown away otherwise. It's true. And, you know, and then all of a sudden you're kind of, you know, that's, that's really exciting to me. Could stretch out a meal into like the lunch the next day Absolutely. just by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Which really helps. Um, or come up with your new favorite pickled thing. Yeah. You know? Like oh, the yeah. little, little, um, like pretty much all the things in the radish family. Um, but certain things more than others. I love the little seed pods when they're green. I pick those and just pickle them. Oh, and you just let them bolt and... Yeah, just harvest. I mean, yeah. I save the seeds to plant, but b before the pot, they yeah. get dried out, when they're still green and fresh, the seed pods, I just pickle them. And they're freaking delicious. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought to do that. Yeah, well, but that's the thing. Like, so when you, like, I'm not producing for income. Yeah. I'm just producing for myself and my family. Yeah. And to, to try to go pretty much year-round with what we grow and not have to get vegetables in the winter. Um and so I'm do you always do a thinking. Lot of dehydrating. And yeah, not so much. Things. I do a, a shitload of pickling. Yeah. A lot of freezing, um, and more and more I've been getting into other fermentations. So I've been doing a lot of um, a lot of meads and kombuchas, Sweet. Um, which is not so much. That's more fruit than vegetable. Sure. But um, I've been making a ton of miso with like legumes and chestnuts, and so like peas, chestnuts, um, stale bread. Like just oh yeah yeah all kinds of stuff like but but using koji to ferment that into things that are more like nutrient dense than um, you know pickled greens sure because yeah. greens you know they're great but they're not the same as like whatever miso's got some real heft to it so I'm kind of interested in trying to diversify that way I tried growing peanuts last year didn't do very well so I'm skipping. I imagine those would be very hard up here it's a short season up here for yeah. them there are kinds that can handle it cool the yield's not great. Um, I had great results with sesame seeds last year, so I'm growing a Interesting. lot more. Interesting. Yeah, they kicked oh, ass. Whoa. Yeah. Actually, I should give you some of the seeds for next year because they're down super drought tolerant. Okay. They're sturdy. Uh, they're really beautiful. They have these almost like um, sort of orchidy foxglove looking conical purple flowers. Uh, yeah, I have to look this up. This and is... they yield really well. Wow. So I got like a pint jar of seeds off of six plants. Do you do like a one straw revolution style and plant of like keep the density I how did I do pretty dense de pretty dense okay. I do pretty dense I mean and again because I'm not growing for like my income sure um, every year is good for some things and bad for other things yeah uh, sometimes I pay the price right <laughs> tomatoes are too close together and it rains like crazy and they just get the blight and I mean but that honestly it doesn't happen that often you know I tie them up I gotta build my trellises next week but 
you know, I tie them up and the beds are nicely spaced. The airflow is pretty good. Yeah. You do what you can do. I haven't had much problem with things being too close together. Um, except in the case of uh, things that I'd be thinning out anyway. You know, gotcha. like yeah. radishes or daikon or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, where they just, or big carrots, where they just get stunted if they're too close. So, yeah, I grow my sesame plants about in about a kind of one foot, 18 inch grid. Probably about a foot, really. Oh, really? Yeah, and they kick ass. Like, they yield like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I never, yeah, between peanuts, I just was just like, no way. I don't think the and yield then, on peanuts would be worth it. Yeah, I, I think, I, I really don't want to, it might have been you during the winter, but I, I have someone else where you have, has mentioned recently about sesame seeds and like, you know, it sparked my uh, interest. Yeah, this is the uh, Brad's Atomic Grape. Oh from yeah, Baker I've heard Creek. of those. Yeah. I haven't grown those. Baker Creek. Yeah, Baker Creek. Yeah, they uh, they're delicious. Yeah. Yeah, nice. it's crazy. Yeah, we uh, you know like are the only thing is like you're like wait are these ripe yet? You know, right. even when they're even slightly unripe, they still have a really nice flavor. That's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. So you're doing yeah. um, you're doing Woodstock and Kingston farmers markets. Are you still doing the weekly pickup? We are actually not doing the Kingston farmers. You're not doing market. Kingston. We uh, uh, we were denied for uh, the second third time. Really? And so yeah, we is that politics or it is it is you know um, you know. They did email in their verbatim email of, you know, the, just the, you know, quick send um, that they haven't allowed another farm in in over five, like five years or something. And so we're like, all right, well, we know a lot of young farmers that are like coming up looking for space and things like that. So we got to have a place to sell our vegetables. And so I went to the mayor, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, Good. and he was pretty much, I didn't even have to finish my sentence, you know, and so he's, he's on it. And so I think from next year on, hopefully winter on, because uh, we do grow year round. Yeah. Uh, that uh, you know he's he, there should be a space for Kingston farmers, and we can work together or rotate, you know, things like that. It's kind of the idea that he came up to to pitch, and that's that's amazing. And so if we happen to be the only farm that can make it, mm-hmm. you know, we will we'll be there all the time if. Uh, some are like, hey, we got you know, we got a great week to dump it off. You know, whoever's interested in That's selling it, yeah. So we've opened the door for Kingston growers to Good. be able to be noticed because no one's from Kingston. No, <laughs> in, in that's that what I was so. And I can't so, remember how I heard great about vegetables you. here. Yeah, well, that, and you guys have that. I mean, you're on that sort of incredible, like beautiful flat bottomland right by the oh, river. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 an ancient. Floodplain, yeah, <laughs> you know, the best possible place. Yeah, and it's it's really amazing. And somehow our farm only has one little bit of standing water, which really doesn't take anything out. Like mm-hmm. when it when it really rains, we rarely have standing water. But mm-hmm. If it's one of those big ones, we barely do. And, and so what was really uh, what was grown on there in the past? Do you know like what it yeah. had been used for? So uh, we'll just take the whole three hundred acres. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was. Um, probably farmed by the natives mm-hmm. um, at one point in time. We find tools. I, Do you? Oh, yeah. I take pictures of them and stuff. It's pretty It's pretty cool. That's cool. Is there a, like a historical society or somewhere that you can get I, I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, we have them in our greenhouse just because we pick them up and we can't believe that the hand placements are like just so perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, nature couldn't make these, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. Uh, and so, and then, um, as the Dutch came in, it was, uh, it was a trading post. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it, well, I, you know, whatever gap was in between, um, it turned into all corn, <laughs> I believe feed corn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that way for a while. And then a far- baby greens farm called Rosetta farms took that over and did just carpets of baby greens. And then here we are. Hmm. And you, uh, how many other, of the 300 acres, how much is now currently cultivated? Um, Alewife has 50 plus, maybe in the 70s. Um, Cricket Seed Song is unknown. He's got little plots kind of everywhere around that place. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say in the upper... 30s 40s 50s and then us with three acres mm, and i'm cool. there might be other things going on um in the outskirts across the other side 
that I'm unaware of, but yeah. those are like the main three farms and that is, is, are at the meetings anyway. And your original plan to have the combination of the greenhouses and the vertical structures, is the three acres sufficient for your, your kind of master plan or would you If want we it? owned it, it would, uh -huh. um, but something like a tech city where the cement's already there uh -huh. because the cement to hold up the weight of the, of the structure um, needs to be at least three feet. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of money. And so we would we would definitely chop a good amount of funding if we were able to get somewhere where there's like a some sort of cement. What company. does one of those structures cost? Uh, with, I mean, included with uh, salaries and everything included, uh, that we were seeking uh, $2.5 mm -hmm. million. Dollars. And how many would that get you? How many? That would get us 180 towers, mm -hmm. or 120 towers, uh -huh. uh, and that would in a 15,000 square foot space. Did you talk to the mayor or anybody else about the possible use of Tech City? Or the mayor actually, this was interesting. Yeah. Um, the mayor, uh, his jurisdiction, his jurisdiction stops at the McDonald's on uh, Albany Avenue. Oh, because it's, it's town, town of, of Ulster. Ulster, right? And so, um, I think. Something Quigley is the kind of controller. Uh -huh. um, and so um, I've been connected to, I, um, she's running for town board, uh, Laura Hartman. Uh -huh. um, I think that she's part of who I'm meeting with after this, which uh -huh. is kind of fun. Uh, she's meeting with the town of Ulster citizens. Uh -huh. And yeah, they, they kind of have this uh, thing going on. They're going to do it in the fall um, about a reimagining tech city. And so naturally, we got connected. <laughs> and so, and yeah. she, yeah, she wants me to come and, um, you know, being a resident and business owner, you know, maybe kind of pitch this idea and maybe someone knows someone who knows someone who knows yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know? I, I mean, the... Because we want to be for profit because we want to make it scalable. Sure. So any, so not any, but anyone who's passionate and knows, you know, can come work the system or anything like that can, I mean, I hate the word franchise, but like co-op it, let's call it. In well, you're building region. a working model yeah, that working could work in other that, places. Yeah, and all you have to do is just like, and then we'd create the whole uh, foundation of like, all you have to do is just pull the ripcord and boom, mm -hmm. you know, and then, yeah, I think it was 180 towers could, we did the numbers, um, could give everybody... In it, like let's say a residency of four thousand, we did Bethel, I think, mm -hmm. in the in the research in the numbers, we could give everyone of is their. Um, every citizen, in the four thousand people, uh, all the lettuce, arugula, and spinach, for their entire year consumption. Mm -hmm. Like we, that's how much. Then that's only one hundred eighty towers, only fifteen thousand square feet. Mm -hmm. So you get a place like Tech City or somewhere wide open. And the great thing, the cat, uh, the great thing about this version of a vertical farm, as opposed to a warehouse, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm glad everyone's do farming everywhere. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. this, I'm not. I don't want to like downplay anything anyone's uh, doing. Um, but the scalability, mm -hmm. like you have to find another warehouse or you have to find another rooftop. That's just that's an astronomical amount of money to like, you know, capital starting yeah. capital to do. Ours, you just have to keep building on top and just putting a tower or two. Uh -huh. Each tower can produce 1,250 plus heads of lettuce. You know, and it only takes up 100 square feet footprint. Mm. So describe what one of these things looks like and how it's kind of configured. Yeah, so it's an A-frame. Right. Picture an A-frame tower yeah. with uh, nine feet by, I would say, 10 inch uh -huh. to a foot uh, uh, wide trays and about six to eight inches deep. And the water comes in from on top and rotates um, the uh, um, their technology. Mm -hmm. their That's the patented version of their technology, um, and uh, it rotates it very slowly three times a day. And there's a pool at the bottom where it just kind of soaks up and it just kind of moves along its way. And mm -hmm. you just you know. I'm, and they're growing in soil. Yeah, they're growing in soil. Yeah, I, uh, they're, you can do both because mm -hmm. the water can just flush through if you wanted it to. You know, you can just um, do hydroponics pretty mm -hmm. well. So, I mean, with certain things, we, it might be apt to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, it works well in soil, which is what they were doing in Singapore. I spent 
10 days there learning everything and uh, meeting with the uh, inventor and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I couldn't believe how simple it was. And I'm not an engineer whatsoever, but yeah. it was just like, ah, oh. you know, <laughs> it just, and so with, and the amount that they're producing, it's astronomical. At the time I was there, they had a thousand towers wow. and they were just, and yeah, and the way that they can do successions and the, the great thing for America, for example, is you can be, uh, disabled. You can be, uh, you know, from like, uh, being a war veteran or anything like that, that just puts you out of work physically. Mm-hmm. These towers you just sit in front of. And if you're harvesting, it's like a Ghostbusters foot pad that's like connected to a drill and you just step on it and just lowers it and you snip and you bag it, weigh it. Mm-hmm. And it's all right here. Like you were at a desk, you know? And so it's very user friendly, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you don't have to be a farmer to know how to use it. Right. You know, the farming would come in with like the successions and the crop plan and stuff. Well, somebody managing yeah, exactly. would need to be a farmer, but, the, but the staff, but the, the staff, people yeah. harvesting and planting and things yeah. like that. No, could basic be. knowledge of just clippers. Because that opens up, you know, all sorts of employment possibilities for, and for a city like Kingston or a lot yeah, of cities in America, a lot of cities. people yeah. who could really use that work. Absolutely. And the other thing that this vertical farm can do, you know, it doesn't stop at farming. Um, you know, so when you start integrating technology into this, all of a sudden we're going to have to be like, oh, we need IT. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, we got website, we've got, you know, like so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, you know, algorithms figuring out everything that we're doing, because why would a human brain want to do that in yeah. this day and age? Yeah. And that amount of volume. Right. And then, uh, then you need maintenance, you need engineers, you need, you know, like even reverse engineering possibly, you mm-hmm. know, like there's just... A whole slew of that plus harvesters plus farmers plus distribution and all of a sudden you create a little industry mm-hmm. you know and uh and do these these work indoors and outdoors the towers the towers it's better to cover them up mm-hmm. um, so you need what like a factory floor with the skylights pretty much yeah pretty much open like basically it'd be a it'd be a glass greenhouse mm-hmm. um i wouldn't even say uh it doesn't have to be glass it could be polycarbonate sure. as well and it'd be about, I think, uh, the architect's uh, renderings came out to, I think they were 23 feet high. Because the towers are 18? 18. And so, and what he actually found out that none of us knew, that it actually uh, works out to be better for ventilation having a taller greenhouse. Huh. <laughs> Somehow. And it just vents at the top and it just, so the higher you go, it's actually better for everything in the lower canopy too so. so so if you were to get some chunk of tech city you'd need to kind of pull the roof off or do some surgery on the roof to no the great you know. thing is is there's a section in the middle kind of as you're pulling into hudson valley harvest mm-hmm. that's just cleared <laughs> it's just the three foot cement slab with nothing on it nothing on it it's probably like an acre big. Amazing. it's gigantic and huh. i just salivate over it yeah so like, you're looking man. to raise money so you can rent that and yeah, get a long lease or purchase or yeah, buy it because the because uh, that whole things up for grabs now yeah and they're selling it off piecemeal to anybody who wants a piece of it Um, it? i don't know yet Mm -hmm. i'm i think i'm gonna find out more about that and Mm -hmm. um because i just think the the rich dude who owned it just stopped paying taxes and all of that stuff so it just and stopped paying sewage and electric Mm. and so the companies that operate out of there now have to flip that it's it's a mess. Yeah. So it's like here's how to make it not a mess. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so how's how for very fa- low for very low capital. I mean, it is a lot of money. I don't want to down. Well, millions it, of dollars sounds like a lot of yeah, money, but, but in the big for, scope of things, given what's at stake in yeah. terms of that real estate and what yeah. it could be worth if it were properly real estate, the climate change, the yeah. I mean, the the just the flawed mass distribution of like factory farm foods you know it's yeah. just like this is really how just to just clip it at the knees man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this opens up in like even like three or four regions around new york that's that's just the room that's well and they're also especially in this part of the world where where um there's there are a lot of boom and bust cycles have taken place over the last couple hundred years I don't know a town in the Northeast that doesn't have some industrial space that's empty or underused or... Yeah, a hangar, (laughs) you know, like whatever. Well, and and also that kind of like Quonset Hut 
um, you know, airplane hangar architecture is very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. So once you pour that thick slab, then you can get the structure up for not that much. Yeah. And yeah, yeah there's they, ways to go around it for sure, which mm -hmm. would be, uh, you know, you know, all minds in on that for mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> so know. how far along are you in terms of your, your fundraising and, and the, do you, you have the business plan? You have the, we have the business plan. We have, uh, um, prospectus or, pitch book you know we mm -hmm. ha we've had all of that for years we kind of put the like really hounding um you know we kind of i would say we we switched our uh kind of our plan of attack to um really get it you know we were like okay this we're starting the family farm we're going to you know show that we can actually produce food yeah. <laughs> you know in mass yeah. quantities that was also a big question because mm -hmm. like none of us had farmed and so it was just like Okay, so we were right that we needed to start uh, literally square one. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, just to kind of build awareness, get in pretty much, you know, we're, we're doing pretty well at getting into most of the restaurants here or mm -hmm. in Kingston. And, uh, and so hopefully that kind of builds out. We just uh, launched our website where you, uh, as, as a member right now, uh, you can... Actually, you and not just as a member, you you can go anybody can go on our website and order. Just mm -hmm. members get the twenty percent off discount. Right. Um, and so yeah, so you can ready to order, pick uh, pick what you want when you want. It's kind of CSA membership mm -hmm. as opposed to um, the uh, the regular one that people are doing now. We're just like we're kind of focused more on meal planning. And um, if your CSA gives you too much of something and not enough, you can always just come and click on our website and pick up the rest of what you need farm fresh just mm -hmm. like you want you don't have mm -hmm. to go to the grocery store yeah anymore yeah yeah for that like, and you have regular hours at the farm that people yeah. can come and pick up yep absolutely yeah we're i mean nick and i are definitely there uh, yeah we we do a if you order bef let's say before three o'clock on monday anywhere after 11 a.m on tuesday it'll be ready um it's uh we usually have it in this white cooler or mm -hmm. in our uh, big cooler where mm -hmm. you know and how's the how's the response been you guys getting building a clientele yeah or? yeah i think we have um we've only been at it since the beginning of may and i think we have like 10 mm -hmm. we have like 10 customers and most of them order every week which is which was even better <laughs> you yeah, know absolutely. yeah and so when you look at it percentage wise we're like yeah yeah totally. <laughs> you know? and the wholesale so, the restaurants are that that's a pretty big percentage yeah of the, absolutely yeah. yeah i mean i think just in salad greens alone i think we're up to about 100 pounds a week that's great yeah it's, not, it's, so, much. it's a lot it's of a lot lettuce, of greens man. <laughs> it's a lot of greens yeah uh and the plan then, so so you're gonna go when you say you're gonna crowdfund. Like, do you have have you chosen the platform? Are you gonna take it to some investors? Like, because there are some yeah the, pretty big, you know the, what the former Gill Farm, um, you know down in Hurley. Um, no. Uh, what's his name? Peter Buffett Warren. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So yeah. There's some. His name comes up a lot. People you have know, made yeah. some pretty big moves in the kind of ag think tank and agricultural activism, cool. where they're they're trying to um, nurture and and train young farmers. And Glenwood's doing it further south. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they have that whole apprenticeship down yeah. there. I think. It yeah. Is. So the question is like, how? Like, what's your strategy moving forward to try and raise the money? You just raise the money for. Uh, so the crowdfunding would be for. Uh, our just hoop house for our three acre farm. Okay. Uh, what we're doing right now is just like, uh, yeah, building notoriety that we grow really great vegetables and uh, getting to know and getting people excited. I've uh, sat in on a couple different uh, groups that are around here trying to change things and uh, the response has been amazing. And yeah, Peter Buffett's name comes up quite a bit. And so. Um, not an easy man to get a hold of. No, so, no. You know, I mean, he's a musician too. So <laughs> you know, it's uh, he's doing quite a bit. So um, I'm I'm sure that conversation's coming some somewhere down the line. You know, um, might have to tailor it towards how we can, you know, possibly because um, we are a for profit, and so mm -hmm. somehow working with a nonprofit sponsorship. And kind of like, you know, possibly thinking about that route might be an easier way than just to like, just straight out get funding from someone. 
but invest it just seems like an investor who's really stoked about this and hopefully has done some research or you know that sees that that can see that this actually does work it is working mm -hmm. uh, the greenhouse works and the and the towers grow an astronomical amount of greens mm -hmm. even strawberries yeah mm. like strawberries they test the strawberries I mean you see everyone growing hanging strawberries so sure of course yeah, yeah, yeah it makes so, it much easier to pick them too yeah completely um, and prune and everything, everything. Yeah. yeah no weeds man. and swap out no <laughs> yeah. weeds and also no weeds. the thing about strawberries is that after a couple of years you you need to replace them with the runners mm -hmm. with the new plants because right. they don't produce anymore yep so you you kind of have to pull it all out and so it's much yep. easier in that because they're the little troughs right that are on the racks that yep. move yep so just pull them out and just stick in the new ones and the yep. runners are hanging in midair for yeah, you so exactly. you just it couldn't be easier that's yeah. a great idea yeah and so and it's a valuable crop too yeah especially local mm -hmm. you know and being able to produce an amount that you can actually have an affordable price well and the thing is like, is the goal i keep coming back to tech city but i'm also thinking about um uh there was another spot that i was thinking this would be perfect for and of course i can't think of it right now but um the the fact that you have the co-packer right there next to you. Yeah. If you're making the strawberries, then it's like the jam making is like literally next door. Yeah, man. That's the same thing with Hudson Valley Harvest and right. Trusted Harvest. Exactly. It's just there right there. And, you know, I mean, with that amount of food, it's just like all of a sudden you, there would be no shortages or like where do we get this from, what farm, you know, with uh, some of these distributors. Because mm -hmm. I, I do driving for... Hudson Valley Harvest, and so I'm getting to know, and I've talked with people who work have worked at uh, farms to tables, like mm -hmm. drivers and stuff. So I I drive once a week for Hudson Valley Harvest still, mm -hmm. and uh, um, yeah, and so I I've also worked on the sales side for Hudson Valley Harvest, so like I also know the customer service side, and so if there's just something that continue can continuously feed in a certain like foundational product. Mm -hmm you know, in the region, you know, so you use the local distributors, the, you know, seven row or the, uh, yeah. um, um, uh, zone seven, the HVH farms to tables and all of that stuff. You just, all of a sudden you have distribution already there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't have to create your own. You don't have to yeah. do anything. You just kind of use what people are already trying to do. And yeah. So, yeah. And then the, 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 they're, they become very complementary efforts. Yeah, completely. Um, it was the yeah. mall was the other space that I was the thinking mall, of. The mall, completely. Which, half of which is empty right now. Sears, man. <laughs> like, right? The place, and all you can you imagine it how exciting it would be? Because right now, what if it's on you top get, of it's the like, hill, too? Like, yeah, geez. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, you'd be unlimited light and yep. incredible cross breezes if you wanted them. Yeah, oh, um, always. And then, uh, but how exciting would it be to go, you know, what have you got now? You've got, you know, Target and the sports store and like, how amazing would it be if there was a farm there as well yeah, and you, where you could just stop and pick up produce? Yep. It's right there. Yeah. And then you take your That's kids a, to the movie or whatever. It's yeah. complete. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that would be an amazing part of that revitalization. And it's all there. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Another I, place that's got like 10 million square feet, half of which is empty. Empty. Yeah. Completely. And you just And costing somebody a fortune. Because it's, be. because it's empty. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. And so, uh, I don't know, you know, cause I, I, I used to, uh, used to imagine, manage a, uh, men's express when I was at, uh, 19 in Utah at a mall, very similar mm -hmm. to what's going on there. And basically what it was, was they just didn't want to pay everyone out. So they just let the mall die and let everyone's leases run out. But how is that a, like an, how does that make economic sense? I don't. I, I never understood that. I was, you know, to wreck it down and build something else. I guess. But they wow, just didn't, still, that's... Yeah, just, just pay the people, their, the rest, buy their lease out and just start anew. Like, pull the Band-Aid off. Yeah, I mean, there's so much happening. It's, it's obviously, it's... Yeah. A, it's the, the thing that's most exciting about what you're talking about is that you can actually use all those square feet. Oh, there are yeah. a lot of, you know, it's like I remember um, uh, the music shop in Woodstock uh, opened up an outpost at the... Kingston Mall, because they were making efforts to try and bring some local businesses yeah. in and breathe some life into it. And it really didn't work because that's not the kind of business you go to a mall for, and they don't need that much space. Yeah. You need a wall of guitars and a couple cabinets, and yeah. you know, there's, there's, 
because otherwise you're forcing people to fill it with all this inventory that they can't afford, and then they have to sit on it, and that's not a business model, right? No, no, that's so. That's built then you're to just fail, surrounded sure. by all this debt, and you're yeah. just staring at it all day long. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and five people walk through the door because that's the nature of the Kingston Mall. And mm-hmm. so, if you made it into like a working farm, with that would be just or even part of it. It would smell better. The air, you would clean the air, right? I mean, you you lived in the city. Did you ever eat at Sweet Green? No, I think I left there 13 left years oh, ago, okay. so, yeah. Yeah, the, well, the idea, are you familiar with the business? So no. basically, you walk in, and it's just like, you, they just build you salads, and mm-hmm. it's just the amount of greens they pump through in the city. And it's great. I mean, you can get different types of bowls and mm-hmm. things like that, and uh, different uh, toppings and things on top of it, and, I mean, they're delicious. And so I'm just like, has anyone ever grown the food, chopped it, and served it all in that same hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, So that's a whole new business model there where you can just do a complete... I mean, people line up out the door. They had to do online and orders and things because at lunchtime, it's on So you, you're thinking time. of like that could be part of your customer-facing situation where people come... And you're also adding value and, because and they're paying a markup for a exactly. salad. Not just a bag of greens, but yep. you're... you're making a meal take it home and yeah yeah come to lunch you know and so like basically we're trying to just make all the rudimentary forms of that through our farm now Mm -hmm. you know i'm uh really hoping we can get a uh a van with a cooler pretty soon Mm -hmm. um so we can start doing pop-up grocery store uh and or delivering to kingston members um who pay a certain amount you know for their groceries like that's a cool idea. Have you have you looked 50 into bucks and well, yeah? Have you looked into um, this? Is something I talked to um, some other people about a while back. Was um, institutions, you know, like schools, hospitals, uh, places that are oh, actually interesting. paying yeah. attention. Like because more and more, I mean, you'd think it's it's. I think it's always struck me as one of the worst ironies in um, modern food is is that hospitals, which is where the most fragile people are, yeah. have the worst food. It's dog shit. Yeah. And so the idea of getting some fresh local organic dog shit pro- actually might have some substance. Yeah, to it. yeah. Like, like a, a bear will actually eat dog shit. Yeah. Um, but you know, the idea of getting some some organic local produce to people who yeah. you know, and putting like a salad in front of somebody in a hospital bed as opposed to like Jello. Right. right? You're and this is uh, yeah. That's kind of that's the direction. Yeah. I mean, I think I was first. You know, first opened up that thought first opened up when Hendrix was born mm-hmm. I was just like oh my wife's not eating that like, you can take that away I'm gonna go yeah, how are you supposed to get better yeah. luckily know? we were in New York so I just go downstairs and yeah. go pick up yeah. like. but <laughs> the other thing about institutions though is they're great customers you know Completely. I mean they're gonna pay rock bottom wholesale but they're gonna buy a lot yeah and so like take the vertical farm for example like yeah in our pitch book we hospitals um, prisons mm-hmm. and airports you know you can attach it to all of those as well. Yes. Yeah. You know, again, yeah, the hospitals thing was my, our most, that's, that one's actually with a picture, <laughs> you know, in our pitch book because that's, we were just, we have kids and, you know, we, we saw the food that was being served mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't know if, because they have sponsors by like Pepsi and Coke and things like that. So they're like, they have to buy certain types of product. Um, I think it's also just from an efficiency point of view. Yeah. You push one yeah. button and the Cisco truck shows up. Yeah. yeah. And it's got totally. everything on it. And, and your it's cooks all... who've been trained to cook with that stuff yeah. know what to do with it. And that's so it's all just yeah, very yeah. cookie cutter and, you know, industrialized. Industrialized, yeah, for sure. Which, you know, it's just, you know, health is not industrial. No, it's yeah. not. <laughs> it's very, it's and very. The cool thing about, about prisons and schools as potential customers or even sites for the actual growth facilities mm-hmm. is that there you have populations who need training for employment. Yep. In yep. both cases. Yeah. And who, especially in the case of prisons, the idea of, of having a, a path to employment when mm-hmm. they get out, Completely. where they've actually been doing this and are fully trained up on yeah. this model. And the, and the psychology that goes on oh, with... Man. Growing food's good yeah. for you, man. Yeah, it's absolutely. good for your mind. Completely. You know, you, know, you don't even have to have uh, anything really messed up to really f- figure that out like, yeah. immediately. Yeah, no, it's therapeutic. Like, the yeah, soil yeah, smells yeah. good using your hands. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the eating something that you, you know from seriously a seed you well you I mean your little guy runs around right like there's nothing like watching a two year old shell peas right into his mouth dude he he 
he books it down the greenhouse, tromps over the basil, and just goes right to the peas. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> you yeah. know, it just annihilates it. Yeah, no, my guy would do, uh, you know, he would uh, pretend that he was a rabbit and would just eat yeah. it, right? Like, without even using his hands. Oh, that's he so just, funny. He just grazed that's really good. with yeah. his face <laughs> in the greens. That's that's a sight right there. Yeah, but, I mean, that's like, yeah. I have this garden, in, at least in part, because my mom and her parents had gardens when I was a little kid. Yeah. And I would, you know, I would help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by eating all the peas and the green beans and everything else. They need and to be picked and eat. They do. Right. Oh, they so they do. can and grow more and more, especially peas and beans. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so you, you, but when you imprint on a young mind that sense memory mm-hmm. of what a pea tastes like while it's just, just like you, you, it's still alive in every way, or like mm-hmm. you were saying, have you ever eaten a salad that was cut five minutes before you ate it? Yeah. It's different. People come up to it. I think that's. Like what we try to do, at least to our restaurants, is we harvest day of. Mm-hmm. Like we don't care. I mean, we're there, we're there at five, six in the morning. Like I'm up anyway. What else am I gonna be doing? Right. You know, and so um, we prefer to kind of have that our shtick. Yeah. To where? Well, but that's not. Sh- I mean, that's like a brand. That's like yeah. Because it, there really is a noticeable difference in quality. And we hear it. They go, "How?" I'm like, "Cause we wash it once. Mm-hmm. You know, we do the spray. We have the tub and the." But, you know, and the, um, <laughs> you know, and the, uh, uh, air pump and everything like that. And then that's it, man. Like you, you put salad in again and again, it's going to be diminished. Like it's going to look brown in three days, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, we, like I said, we're about, about, we've been going about a hundred pounds a week for a little bit now, but we sustained throughout the winter and we've never, there, um, We've never said, "Hey guys, your greens are going bad in like five mm-hmm. days." Like mm-hmm. the only time that we have to refill is because they've run out of, you know, sometimes early, <laughs> you know, which is great. Yeah, and we we go they, uh, outdated even. Uh, like they buy a ton of our mm-hmm. salad mix, and yeah, they just texted us. It was just like, "Wow, we super ran out. Is there any way you guys can come today?" Mm-hmm. And we're like, "Yep," because <laughs> we're right there, and yeah. that's what's great about the hyper local. Yeah. yeah. Right there. Yeah. Takes us two hours, let's call it two hours for like 20 pounds, Mm -hmm. you know, wash and everything like that and just in door to door. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And they're they're all personal relationships because it's your town. Yeah. You know, and so to keep up on that and, you know, it's, it, it's more empowering doing that. It's never, it's never, we never exhale like, oh, really? Yeah. We're like, yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that's great. Yeah. We're, Happy to do it. Uh, it's mainly like what excites us is the harvesting day of. I'm like, no one does this. Yeah. Like, you can't get this. And we know it because we love food. Mm-hmm. I mean, the city, that's basically what we would surround ourselves with. It's mm-hmm. just like every Friday night was a different place and, you know, just eating delicious food. A ton of our friends, or not a ton, but we have some really good friends that are really good chefs mm-hmm. and have made it pretty successfully in the industry trained under amazing brilliant chefs and so we know what things should taste like yeah but i cannot believe i eat our lettuce the way i eat our lettuce like, yeah I'm like oh my god like just i devour it it's, it's so insane. funny but it's i like, have gotten lettuce yeah <laughs> i have gotten more of this of that reaction over salad than anything else that i make here for people when we have dinners or you know interesting people freak just, out yeah. and and because i cut it five ten minutes before and simple, you know, the vinegar is homemade, but yeah. really nothing, no fancy dressings, just real simple vinaigrettes. Mm-hmm. And people freak the fuck out because yeah. they've never had lettuce that's still alive, basically, while they're eating true. it. True. That's very and true. And that nothing started to break down. There's no wilting whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, it hasn't even been in a fridge. Nope. You know, it's still warm from the sunshine. Yeah, man. We just like, <laughs> if anything, it's... Like the cool you're feeling is the couple of minutes it's in our cooler or mm-hmm. the air conditioning from our truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you and when you get because I, I still like, you know, you kind of opened with with climate change is one of the motivations behind what you're doing, and totally. that's a very very scary real thing. Um, but, and a lack of food, food deserts. Right. I'd say is the second. Yeah. Yeah. There's. A, I mean, even even. Even a city as small as Kingston, there are neighborhoods that are not close to anything resembling a good market. And I would say the show that I was able to 
um, to kind of come full circle with how we got here uh, or how I was able to pitch Nick and Sarah to drop their <laughs> very well-paying jobs yeah. to come and farm with, with me <laughs> was just that. I showed them uh, the documentary. I don't know if you've ever seen it, A Place at the Table. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those were in upstate New York. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. just like one in four. That's the statistic. Yeah, it's crazy. And all of a sudden, like, be, they're being pumped like ADD. I'm like, no, they're fucking hungry. Yeah, yeah, I know. You, you know, can't like, teach a hungry and child. I'm yelling at my TV like, like uh, my dad watches sports. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, except the stakes are way higher. Way higher. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that's kind of it. Was kind of those two motivational things, and just seeing what the Dutch are doing. And I'm like, why aren't we doing that? Well, yeah, we're innovators. Don't get me <laughs> like, there are a lot of whys to that. But, I'm um, sure. Yeah, yeah. But but it, but there's it's a different conversation. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and we both end up yelling about the same thing because <laughs> yes. it's like the only rule I have at my dinner parties is that we can't talk about politics because if we agree, we're going to end up yelling at each other, and we don't. And we we, we, we agree, and yeah. if we disagree, we're going to end up yelling at each other, and yeah. that's going to go really bad. So. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, and I don't invite people like that over anyway. So <laughs> not today. It's like the dis di like disagreeing on a fundamental level these days is kind of a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's it's just too disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just so, don't have that energy. But the go talking about um, like we were talking about like little kids shelling peas and the super fresh salad. Um, there's a lot of um, there are a lot of reasons to feel like scared and guilty and overwhelmed by all the bad shit. And there's a lot of temptation sometimes to like get into a sort of finger wagging mode. With totally, people, actually, right? that's what most people do. But I, I God. really feel Clear like because people tend not to it. react well to that sort of thing. Sure. But pleasure, when you get their eyes to widen at this salad, right? Yeah. Like I've never eaten this. How? Yeah. That's when you start to change minds yeah, and man. start Serotonin, to make people. Serotonin, man, you just unlock that. Yeah, yeah. And so and I think that and excite uh, your brain like that and what, your tummy. The prospect of being able to bring that experience to more and more people, especially people who, you know, can't afford good local organic produce. Completely. And, um, and also with the benefit of, you know, possibly being able to work in this sector and, and make food for yourself and your community mm -hmm. and on a scale and where it's, uh, it's really exciting. I really hope that we're just that group that, like, you know, I mean, you can read about us. Like, I'm literally the only one, and we'll just, I'm air quoting here, is uh, growing experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's when you actually attach yourself. Like that's what's great about us. The four of us really doing it together. There's mm -hmm. not one person that does more than the other. Mm -hmm. Nick and I are uh, right now on the farm um, until all the kids go off to school. And uh, Sarah and Michelle really actually just run the entire business. Mm -hmm. You know, which is I hats off to any farmer who is doing this on their own. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of jobs rolled yeah, into one. Yeah, dude, marketing and this and that. Like, I I can't believe, I mean, the four of us, how much there is. And still, like, I feel like there's still, like, loose ends or, like, mm -hmm. things kind of slope off in certain ways. And, yeah, I couldn't imagine people doing this alone. So, getting together. I mean, people, I mean, right out of high school, you know, I don't want to go to college. Start a farm. Mm -hmm. Like, you can. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you get person who likes to grow some stuff you know you get person who's really good at numbers you, you can really kind of do this like league of extraordinary people mm -hmm. and really we're in our second year and we're in restaurants like yeah. you know that's it's so mind-blowing to me that people are eating it saying yum and wanting so much of it mm -hmm. and we are just novice we're still novice so mm -hmm. much to learn you know and which is the great thing about farming is you have your entire life to learn yeah, it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You know, you think in like five to ten year increments as opposed to day to day stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Which is one of the greatest gifts to farming. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just all of a sudden you're thinking just you don't get caught up so much. You know? Something bombs, you just eh. yeah. <laughs> plant something else. And uh, the feeling of you're in your greenhouse and the stuff germinating is actually things for three months from the things you're going to be harvesting three months from now. Mm -hmm. And so you're like in this like time traveling, you know, in the here now past with, you know, you're dumping yeah. out the past beds. And so you're just, yeah, I love that. I love all the overlapping cycles completely. Yeah. It's just, and it makes you feel like I'm like, Oh my goodness, we're already in September right yeah. now <laughs> in some places in the greenhouse. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. 
That's very cool. Yeah. So it's it, there's so many empowering things, and you don't. I don't. You, it's not as it is scary, <laughs> but like it's not as like it's not as. I guess scary when you just kind of go all in and this is what you want to do. It's 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 attainable and you mm-hmm. can do it. Yeah. You know, and I think the uh, these market farmers, you know, like the um, JM Fortiers and um, um, oh, what's his name up in uh, Maine? Come on, Elliot Coleman. Elliot Coleman, man, I can't believe that name. I have like four of his books. Um, Elliot Coleman and just they've really kind of um, opened kind of like the door like oh you can you don't have to have these tractors and acres no, and no, acres to make money at farming or to have well, a chance and it the other actually... thing that you should you know that you can tell local officials or investors or anybody around here is that Kingston's on the same latitude as Barcelona almost exactly so there is nothing that is currently being grown in northern Spain southern France that part of Italy that can't be grown in Kingston as long as it's covered, because yeah. But the amount of solar radiation is identical. And that is very good to know. I'm yeah, yeah. Well, that's Elliot Coleman's entire thing. Is that even take that sound even like mid coast Maine? <laughs> you know, it's mid coast Maine is about uh, what is it like Birmingham, England, or yeah. nor- northern France? Yep. I think. Yep. That makes so sense. It's, the climate's different, but the sunlight is not. It's no, the same. Which is why they're able to produce phenomenal. Yeah. Fruits and vegetables. Yeah, yeah. So you two put one even like when I build my little tunnels, you mm-hmm. know. For the for the winter, um, you know, if we get dumped on with snow, I tend to just abandon it at a certain point. But, <laughs> but some winters we don't, and you know, uh, one little piece of four mil plastic makes it. It's like zone eight in there. It's yeah, crazy. It's nuts. So yeah, I mean, you came in in the winter time. I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was we. It I was like spring. Yeah. <laughs> It was insane. Yeah. yeah, I think we were like sweating at that point. Yeah, we were. it was a really nice day. Too. Yeah, it was. Well, thanks for talking to me, man. This was a pleasure. Peter, thank you. No, seriously. Yeah, it's been great. Ashton Zubal from Farmstock Farm, farmstockfarm.com, Farmstock Farm on Instagram. I'm Cookblog on Instagram, Cookpod.net. Music by my son Milo Barrett, smilob.com. Thanks for listening. Please share, please subscribe, please leave a glowing review. And for those of you newcomers who made it this far, uh, please spread the word. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>